This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris. I came across something recently that I was aware of that I hadn't really taken a close look at. But I realized when I did that it's really laid the foundation for a lot of the destructive liberal policies that we see. Why Why is this happening? Why did it, people that um, seem to be thinking in some very warped terms generating policies like no bail? The no bail policies, of, of, of the, the testing for that failed miserably. What does Chicago do? Adopted into law, of course. The thing that I came across that really opened my eyes is this failed UN policy, this failed UN Sustainable Development Goals. By their own admission, it's failing. I'm going to get into that a little bit. We might be talking about this for a couple of days, and I'll tell you why, but let me just stay on point for a second. What caught my eye was there was a uh, Twitter post by the Department of State uh, with named uh, here by the Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, the United States remains unwavering in our commitment to achieve the Sustainable Development Goals of 2030. I don't think anybody really cares what they're emotionally tied to, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit too. Well, I'll say it right now. These policies have failed, and this is why you see the rise of Russia and China. And I see a lot of people applauding Russia and China in some ways. Uh, in some ways, myself, I find myself, myself, I find myself, um, I don't want to say cheering for Russia, but hoping that maybe they can bring some sanity to what's going on in our government. But I have to tell you, I, I, I consider that very carefully because... Uh, these ideologies of Russia and China are not something that are the American way of life at all. And the fact that we're even suggesting that they have some kind of a better answer ought to scare the crap out of everybody. But anyway, let me just stay on point here with the Department of State and the United States' unwavering commitment. And I want to tell you how it's affecting us here. These development goals are, are, are taught in colleges and universities around the country uh, for all I know, I wouldn't be surprised if they're a, a required uh, part of the curriculum to have a college degree today. I have to be honest with you, I'm not completely aware of what it means to be an accredited college or university in this country. I just know that this this UN Sustainable Development Goals is taught in colleges. And what's happened as a result is that it's creating a new moral foundation that basically replacing our Constitution and a complete undoing of the moral fabric of what's fair and just in our country. Because somebody somebody came up with a better way. And let me just tell you this. The foundation of the American Constitution was God. The belief in God and prayer. And those men who created those documents prayed and debated and tested each other and felt that those ideals were bestowed upon them by God himself. They really did. And whether you choose to believe that or not uh, is up to you. 
okay? And there's many stories that go along with it. But that's the foundation of it, whether you like it or not, okay, or whether somebody else likes it or not. So what is the foundation of the sustainable development goals? Well, probably the the same uh, colleges and, and universities and think tanks that they're feeding it back into. And maybe that's part of the problem because I have to tell you at its core, the core problem, I don't know why I'm being so repetitive today. At its, I sound like Kamala Harris over here. <laughs> at its core, the core problem is the core of the core. <laughs> you understand, right? <laughs> the core problem is groupthink. See, I don't follow a script, so every once in a while, even I screw it up. There you go. Next time I make fun of Kamala, you can remind me of this day. <laughs> the day that I, too, had a little bit of gibberish coming out. It doesn't change the facts that the foundation of this, this crap plan that I'm going to expose, it's full, and it's failing. I'm, I'm going to give you my thoughts. I'm going to give you their thoughts. So you, you make up your own mind like everything else that we discuss here. Do it however you may. I'm going to share it with you. I've been podcasting for uh, six years now. I've written a couple of books. I've spoken at some events. Gotten to know some different people in politics. Not a lot. I've got to focus my time on the podcast here. It's my thing. But I'm going to just give you, with, without any preparation, my candid take on all this. And I welcome your feedback. You can email me at info at ChristopherScottShow.com. Let's get into it, shall we? There's a couple of links that I... And everything's in the show notes, by the way. That's what I started to say. You can look at what I'm looking at if you want. ChristopherScottShow.com. Go to the show notes. So, they have these 17 goals they call sustainable development goals. No poverty, zero hunger, good health and well-being, quality education, gender equality, clean water and sanitation, affordable and clean energy, Decent work and economic growth, uh, industry innovation and infrastructure, reduced inequalities, sustainable cities and communities, responsible consumption and production, climate action, uh, life below water, the seas, life on land, peace, justice, and strong institutions, partnership for the goals. I don't even, it, it sounds like just a bunch of random feel-good ideas largely like what's the basis of that that somehow that there's um this new definition that they're providing of uh, you know what uh, basic human rights should include i guess right nothing about the right to vote or anything like that i guess they're going to leave that out for the uh for the for the you know the monarchies and the dictatorships out there, we can we can still as long as we're doing these good things, doesn't you can have any kind of government you want? They would say, so there's no freedom involved, and that's going to be part of the argument that much of this is just a uh, giving up of freedom, and and they don't have any real intentions of doing anything um, positive with it. Um, the first, this report for 2023 starts off the very first heading, number one, promise and peril. Delivering on commitments, where do we stand halfway to 2030? Uh, early efforts after the Sustainable Development Goals were adopted produced some favorable trends. Extreme poverty and child mortality rates continued to fall. Inroads were made against such diseases such as HIV and hepatitis. Some targets for gender equality were seeing positive results. Electricity access in the poorest countries was on the rise, and the share of renewables in the energy mix was increasing. 
Globally, unemployment was back to levels not seen before the 2008 financial crisis. The proportion of waters under national jurisdiction covered by marine protected areas more than doubled in five years. But it's clear now that much of that progress was fragile and most of it was too slow. This messaging in here, which has nothing to do with the goals themselves, but the action or the implementation of it, uh, says a lot in itself that really can be uh, examined. But let's just stay kind of brief on this. They say here, um, okay, uh, they say, but it's become clear now that much of that progress has been fragile and most of it was too slow. In the past three years, the coronavirus pandemic, the war in Ukraine, and climate-related disasters have exacerbated already faltering progress. It's time to sound the alarm. At the midpoint on our way to 2030, the uh, Sustainable Development Goals are in deep trouble. This is their words, right from the UN. An assessment of around 140 targets for which the trend data is available shows that about half of all these targets are moderately or severely off track. And over 30% have either seen no improvement or regressed below the 2015 baseline. So I ask you, would it be possible that these policies and the the efforts behind them are actually producing the opposite of the intended effect? No, absolutely not. That's racist to think like that. Listen, the world has given up on it. Uh, There's countries ready ready to, to partner with Iran before they partner with this nonsense. So there's absolutely no evidence that any of this is good for anybody. Is it good for our country? I've said this before. Um, You know, as far as progress is concerned, development goals and sustainable development goals, what's sustainable? What kind of development have you seen? What kind of goals have you seen achieved? It is a failure. It's a failed thinking. It's the result of groupthink that was born out of some backroom colleges by some liberal loonies Probably smoking weed or whatever. Doesn't really matter. Back there going, hey, you know what would be cool, man? You know, we could just, we could just wipe out world hunger, man. I mean, you know, we do. there's no reason why people should be hungry. You know what I mean, man? Yeah, yeah, let's do it, man. You know, if we all just pitch in, you know, we all just give up a little bit of our food. We ever feed everybody, man. Yeah. <laughs> No practical application, no bearing in the real world. If some of these people, like Bill Gates, I've read the story on Bill Gates, his whole early life of getting into computing. It's, uh, Malcolm Gladwell wrote about it extensively. It's phenomenal. Very interesting, really, on a number of different fronts. Okay? Uh, but you know what I say? Uh, I say he should have been outside uh, for, for more time. If he would have spent half of that time outside, he wouldn't be so weird. He may be a normal person. It's probably the core of this whole problem. You've had, once they stopped tell, tell, telling kids it wasn't good to be outside, that the sun was bad, that's when the problem started. I was reading some. I don't want to get too off point here. <laughs> you guys already think I'm a little strange at times. I guess the cat's out of the bag, right? Um, I was reading about this. Uh, uh, is it a Ukraine ambassador or something? This lady who's supposed to be a Satanist? I forget. It'll be rebuilding, and she's going to be rebuilding schools or something? And, you know, I look at this stuff with a little bit, a lot of skepticism. I mean, Satan, I mean, what's this really about? And, I mean, does it really exist? And you start to think that there's this movement of it's bad to be outside. The sun is bad for you. Who's, who talks like that? Who talks like that? 
Get outside. Get away from those screens. Get the sun in your face, the wind in your hair. You'll feel so much better. No, it's bad for you. No, it's not. It's, it, 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 you know, Michael Savage coined it, liberalism is a mental disorder. This is the result of it. Look, all of our goals have failed. We're not reaching any of these targets. In fact, it's going backwards. In other words, we must do more faster. How could you possibly say that with a straight face? This goes in line with what I've said to the people that we have this wild expansion of government. Why is anybody talking about it? Let me, I want to see a chart. Year over year, how much growth and, and, uh, of, of government positions and spending has grown every year. Put it right out there, right on the tax bill. Yeah, here's what the government's doing with your money. All these uh, fine government servants living off of great retirements on you. And I'm not knocking uh, government servants. I'm one of them. But, uh, you know, you can't have retirement programs that allow somebody to collect a, a full retirement after 20 years. Do Start at 20 years old, 40 years old, they're collecting a full retirement. And expect that to be sustainable. That has nothing to do with the, the sustainable development goals, I don't think. But um, the, the problem, it creates a severe financial crisis. And then try to change it. Yeah, try to pull it back. Don't you dare. Well, because these promises have been made. And, that, you know, it's a long-term promise that people work for. You say, what do you mean you're going to pull it back? I just spent 30 years working for this and you're going to tell me it's not there. I see both sides of it. And I'm just going to ask you, we haven't even crossed page one yet. Well, we're actually on page six, but that's beside the point. <laughs> a mere detail. The very beginning of the report, a lack of, this is their words, the lack of progress towards the sustainable development goals is universal. But it is, it is abundantly clear that developing country and the world's poorest and most vulnerable people are bearing the brunt of our collective failure. This is a direct result of global injustices that go back hundreds of years but are still playing out today. The compounding effects of climate, COVID, and economic injustices are leaving many developing countries with fewer options and even fewer resources to make the goals a reality. No responsibility for this calamity at all. I, I didn't even look at this. I'm looking at this cold right now. Five areas for urgent action. Number one, heads of state and government should recommit to seven years of accelerated, sustained, and transformative action, both nationally and internationally, to deliver on the promise of the goals. Number two, governments should advance concrete, integrated, and targeted policies and actions to eradicate poverty, reduce inequality, and end the war on nature and focus on advancing the rights of women and girls and empowering the most vulnerable. Number three, governments should strengthen national and subnational capacity, accountability, and public institutions to deliver accelerated progress towards achieving the sustainable development goals. Four, the international community should recommit at the SDG summit to deliver on the Addis Ababa action agenda and mobilize blah, 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 blah. I can't, I can't read it anymore. Do you understand what any of this means? How? Who writes this? The people that don't get any sunshine. I'm not being funny about it. How about this for five five goals? One, end the wars. 
to bring clean water and electricity to the entire planet. Three, a non-fiat money supply that doesn't have built-in inflation. Four, a properly maintained uh, transportation system across the world, perhaps. Five, access to education for everyone. It's probably about it. That's a lot for government to get involved in. How about uh, a basic sustainable money supply? You know, they talk about this this nonsense here that um, you know that these the poorest countries are bearing the brunt. It's really true, because in the fiat money system, they get completely screwed. We're going to get it too. You know, what's the Social Security? They're going to give Social Security a a whopping 12% jump. I can't believe retired people aren't aren't screaming. But they have more detail. What does this say? Delivery of the Sustainable Development Goals must become a central focus for national planning, oversight, and mechanism, and domestic budgets. What does that mean, taking in more of these these, um, immigrants? I did a little math, the migrant center that they're building in Chicago. I didn't, I wasn't able to get the detail on the um, amount of time. Is this to give them like a tent city set up with food and basic necessities? I don't know for how long for each person. Cost, 20 grand a head. 20 grand a migrant. <whistles> Two million a year? Who's paying for this, my friend? Who's paying for this? Maybe we should ask uh, Ocasio-Cortex. Maybe she knows. Let's discuss these goals a little bit here. Number one, end poverty. End poverty in all its forms everywhere. And the quickest, easiest way to do that is to end fiat money. Put an international ban on it. It really does have to be an international agreement on that, and I'll tell you why. The fiat money system not only creates um, corruption within the country as it pollutes the value of everything, when the the value of everything becomes um, unknown because of inflation, the chaos ripples through everything. I, I really believe that's what we're seeing right now. But the other problem is that when fiat money countries such as us can print and, and we have this much control, especially militarily, it, it's just ripe for rampant corruption that we'd see right now because we can manipulate the value of money everywhere. And we regularly do. And if that's not enough, we take out these these um, economic hit jobs, whether it's uh, uh, celebrities or politicians or even whole countries through sanctions. And people around the world have had it without any due process. A complete erosion of rights. So this is goal number one uh, of ending poverty everywhere. Um, by the way, there's also another thing that could be done that might be a good idea. I don't want to get too deep into it. But it would be a, um, a basic inheritance. And um, this would be supported with tax revenue, to say to young people starting out, hey, we're going to give you a basic head start. For example, 
Okay, we're going to spend $20,000 for each of these migrants. What if we just gave them, and that's to put them in a tent city, okay? Why don't we just give them the $20,000 and put them out in the free market? Think about it. But why wouldn't we do it for everybody? You turn 21 and you turn 18, here's $20,000. And I'm not saying it goes exactly like that. It's almost like a... A, 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 a change tax scale, if you will, that the tax system not no longer built on fiat money where we're living off of borrowed money all the time, but where there's real wealth in the system and you pay into it at different times that we could agree on. So you say, hey, you're starting a family, for example. Society is going to help you because it's, it's good for society and we're going to help you in the form of eliminating your tax burden during that time. Eliminating it completely or even possibly even giving you money back. Oh, you had a child. Here's $2,000 cash, that kind of thing. Um, it's done in other places. It's been done here. It's been talked about since the beginning of the country, by the way. Since the very beginning of the country, it, it, it was discussed. How are you going to send people out into the wilderness and expect them to just survive? Goal number two, end world hunger. Achieve food security and improve nutrition and promote sustainable agriculture. Okay, teach people how to grow food. I think it's great. And also um, programs to incentivize that. Uh, I've talked about it a lot. Um, I could go on and on about this. Um, rain barrels and, and uh, grow tubs. One of the things I want to play around with, and I really do just play around with the growing food. If you saw my garden right now, you'd be laughing. What a, what a train wreck it turned into. I was busy with other things and the, the uh, vined uh, organisms. <laughs> The vined plants consume things, and then the weeds got out of control, and then everything got out of control. But um, anyway, I, I really like experimenting with it. I'm hoping to get this cold frame greenhouse finished soon. That'll take things to another level. One of the things I'm playing with these grow bags. It's, um, I think it's a seven-gallon bag. Do like a tomato plant in there. I've got two handles. You put soil in there. And uh, I'm just, you know, as I've been playing around with the growing, I don't want to do like a three acre, I don't have a three acre to put it on, but um, I don't, I don't want to do like a big, a big garden. Like that's not my, my thought. I just like to have some fresh tomatoes, augment food. I'm not necessarily listening to, looking to grow all my own food. It's just not practical for us. But I'll tell you this, I think it's good to be ready in case it's necessary. And think about the, the freedom that that would give people. And going back to, to no poverty, how about if we eliminate real estate tax? If, if you could eliminate real estate taxes and um, uh, income taxes and fiat money, I believe you would you would end world poverty. Everybody would have an opportunity to uh, succeed. Add that to a national, um, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, you know, pr- providing funding, uh, throwing a blank, the name I'm the, for the term I'm looking for, inheritance, a national inheritance for the good of the country. It is not a socialist, communist idea at all. Um, maybe it is, I don't know. Um, but it, it, it's the fiat money that, that corrupts the problem. You know, and you could, by the way, if, if people do want to do it through the government, I mean, churches that do it, they do it typically through education systems. The church funds the schools and young families, you know, typically don't 
don't pay as much, at least. And in some church environments, they don't have to pay anything for the kids to go to school. The, the elders pay for willingly. In the government system, people complain about being forced to pay property taxes endlessly for other people's children, especially when it costs three times more than the church can do it. So, and there's another one, you know, these overexpensive government programs. You want to end poverty? How about every single government program that costs more than a private program, the government should be looking to put it back in the hands of the private sector? Doesn't that just make practical sense? Okay? Right, right, wrong, or indifferent, whatever you want. People argue, well, you're not comparing apples to apples. The private schools don't have to take handicapped kids. That's a load of bunk. It's a complete load of bunk to think that they're free from dealing with the burden of, 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 of handicapped children. I'm not going to say it's an equal burden, but um, it's, it's, that's not what's causing the problem. And the fact of the matter is that the public school system requires three times more funding to educate a child. It costs three times more. As far as a government that's supposed to be representing the people, not the teachers, and, and the teachers aren't doing well either. You say, well, the private school teachers, they don't make anything. I'm not hearing of any shortages in the private schools. I could be wrong about that. Interesting, right? It should be like that with everything. If the private sector can do it cheaper, that's how you end poverty. Stop the government from from spending more than it can with this fiat money. Stop the Gestapo government from from raping all of our money and, and over wasting it on things. The burden of an education system alone, the, the burden of an education system is huge on its own. I know because I was involved with our, our church. Um, I'm not I'm throwing a blind. This head cold is uh, making my brain a little foggy. Um, I forget uh, our, our position. Anyway, we helped manage the church affairs and so forth. And I got to see firsthand the, the burden of the education program. It was something that the church felt strongly about, making sure that the kids were able to get access to a Christian education. They saw the value of that. So they dealt with it. It was a huge burden despite being one-third the cost of the public education system. So it is a huge economic burden. So isn't that all the more reason if we're really concerned about our people living in poverty, that that we reduce that burden, that we reduce the cost? That efficiency right there. What kind of problems would that fix? Crazy. Zero hunger. Teach people how to grow food. Why is it the food pyramid backwards? How about we get the federal government out of this stuff and start giving the power to the people? You know, what's the saying? You know, give a person a fish, you'll feed them for a day. Teach them to fish, you'll feed them for a lifetime. We need to bring build strong families, which will naturally build strong communities, strong social institutions like churches and civic organizations. These are all things that are vital to a strong, prosperous society. And if you want more of it around the world, you simply replicate that model. Why would you take the United States of America, which clearly showed results that were completely the opposite of this nonsense, 
leading up to World War II, this country was phenomenal, even after. So phenomenal that it's taken even this long for the effects of fiat money to, to, to crumble the, the country. I, I don't want to miss this point. I started to say about the fiat money. It really has to be done internationally. This is the international agreement that needs to take place, that there will be a, a, a fixed uh, rate of currency to make it fair for everybody. When the United States is manipulating or China's manipulating or back in the day when Japan was manipulating its currency. Why do you think they're... Look at what's happening to China. They've literally killed themselves because of the debt. Don't tell me the two aren't tied hand in hand. The fiat money system runs up debts, runs up inflation, and runs up the cost of everything. And what? And then everything's corrupted. So what happens? The middle-class families are struggling. Their budget's getting tighter and tighter. And they can't even rely on the public education system because it's become so corrupted and weird in many places. And so now they've got to also pay private school education on top of it. And the the burden is unbearable. So what naturally happens as a result of that? Less children. Less and less children. I believe that the two are absolutely tied together. Good health and well-being. All the things that I mentioned, what are, reducing the stress, you know, education costs around the country average about $20,000 per year per student. If you could cut that even in half, what benefits would that have in reduced stress? How many heart attacks would be eliminated? How many people could afford to make better food choices? How many people wouldn't have to work at second job or whatever? It's money completely wasted. We completely lost sight of looking at any of these things. All right, I covered three of these um, these points. The no poverty, the zero hunger, the good health and well-being. You, you tell me, right here in our own country, that, that these this approach, let me see here what they've been doing. Let me go back to, uh, there's one more thing I want to cover before I let you go. I should have done this as I was going. Um. They have held events, written publications, and news items that they've listed here. Launched the first global report on climate. This is just ridiculous, really. Targets and indicators. By 2030, eradicate extreme poverty for people everywhere. Currently measured as people living on less than $1.25 a day. 1.1.1. This is just ridiculous. This What a waste of time and energy. There's nothing being solved by any of this. Take a look at it yourself. I wonder how much activity this, uh, this, this website even gets. It is, it, what a joke. No, no wonder the world's in unrest. They don't even have anything here to tell you. 1,407 actions. I guess they don't tell you. See all events? Is that what it was? Is this what the actions were? Okay, the UN Water Conference? I guess so. I guess these were the, yep. So these are all the things that they did to all the money that they spent for to bring, uh, to eradicate poverty. International dialogue on leveraging skills and investments. Oh my God. Who comes up with this? 
water conference. I already said that. This is what they're doing, and they wonder why they're not getting anything done. Accelerating a resilient recovery, role of infrastructure sector and entrepreneurship. What? Local 2030 coalition special event. Sixth local and regional governments forum on the 2030 agenda. <laughs> what a joke. What a, what a laughable joke of absolutely nothing getting achieved. You know, we ought to be asking at what cost and is there a better way on each of these things. I just gave you mine. Cut waste in government. Get rid of the fiat money. Do those two things and watch what happens with poverty. And, and, and develop a, uh, a national um, plan uh, to provide an inheritance, to, especially for the formation of young families. I don't know that I would limit it to that. I think for people buying a first home or property, people having a family, these are the values that we should be supporting through financial investment. Not everybody's going to like that. College? Perhaps. Perhaps. Maybe do you make it available to everybody? Do away with all this hocus pocus, the, the veterans programs for college. No, everybody just gets a $10,000. When you graduate high school, you'll get the opportunity to take, take down up to whatever what we agree on. $15,000 for secondary education, if that's what we want to support. I have mixed feelings about all that, but that's a topic for another day. These are real things that can be done. They haven't talked about anything to help anybody, and then they wonder why nothing's getting done. It's just uh, freaky to me, but this is the way politics works today. A big nothing burger. The United States is a land of innovation. We've become a land of confusion. God willing, I'll be back tomorrow. We'll talk about it some more. I hope to see you there. Make it a great day.